Open your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 6. If I haven't had the privilege to meet you, I think I have. My name is Ken. The pastor is here. Great to see you all this morning. Glad we can come together considering God's Word. We're in a series entitled Church 101, where we're talking about how Christ structures His church, how He builds it, how He maintains it. Now, I want to just start by asking, why are we studying this? Uh, you, you may have been a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and never heard a series in church about church, particularly about like church government, where we're talking about the structure of the church. Why would we take time on this? I mean, we just prayed about the election, right? We know that elections have consequences. Perhaps we should be doing a series on civil government. We're aware of the changes in our broader culture, the moral decay and the social unraveling that seems to be happening. Maybe we should do a series on interacting with culture. We prayed this morning for some families walking through personal suffering, and I'm aware they're not the only ones walking through personal suffering. Perhaps we should do a series on that. But why would we take time talking about the local church of all things? Friends, only the church corporate, it's the only corporate entity that's given the spirit of Jesus Christ. It's the only one, and it's not the state. And we just prayed for the state, and we should. We're called to do that. That's part of our calling. But the mission of the church matters too. The big thing going on in this world is not the election on Tuesday. It's the work of the church on this planet. It is through the church that the kingdom of God goes forward. It's not through the state. And I know it's not through Hollywood. It's not through culture. the, The world knows nothing of the plans of God, the purpose of God, the mission of God. We take a whole class in high school on civil government. We ought to know about Christ's church because he gave his mission to her and only to her. And the gospel is the power of God to salvation for anyone who believes. And the state doesn't have it. And the culture doesn't know it. It is only the local church that has what the world really, truly, deeply needs. So we do well to study what does it look like for a local church to get its act together so that it can be about the mission that Christ has called it to do. And I believe in God's word that we see the wisdom of Christ in how he structured his church. And we see the love of Christ to ensure that his church is cared for, though he's absent from her physically. So we see something of the plan and the purpose and the vision of Christ. Um, So this is why we study it. And, And finally, I think we study it so that you can find your place in the church. Say, okay, this is how I connect to the mission of God in Spotsylvania is how I connect to, to the mission, to what God is doing in my local community. So that's why we're doing this series. Um, and 
we're going to be introducing in a couple of weeks some candidates for, for being deacons. And I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm eager to, to share that with you again, just a couple weeks till we do that. But I thought before we introduce our candidates to be deacons, we should talk about what is a deacon. So last week, if you were here, we talked about what is an elder? What is an elder called to do? Um, they're kind of one of the two poles in the tent, one of the two offices that Christ has given to the local church. There's elders and there's deacons. And so this morning, we're going to start, uh, we'll do two messages, one this morning, one next week on deacons. Um, do you have an outline? Because there are some outlines available. Would you, um, I know I've probably waited too long. The ushers probably like sat down. Uh, does anybody need an outline? Raise your hand. Okay, we've got some hands up. Jack, you rock. Thank you. Sam, thank you. Just jumped in, and there's some people in the side too. So while you've got your hand up, um, it's going to be a second because I totally caught them flat-footed, uh, but thank you guys for serving. Uh, let me just recommend, as, as we talk about this, if you are interested in deacons and it's like, wow, I've never heard this taught before, let me recommend this book with the creative title, Deacons, <laughs> all right? Um, deacons, How They Serve and Strengthen the Church. Uh, it is not large, uh, and it is very helpful. It uh, goes through what the Scripture has to say on the topic in a very accessible way, in a practical way. Um, there's no way, even with two sermons on this, that I'm going to do justice to the entire topic. So if it's something that you're interested in, encourage you to pick this up. We have a couple copies of it out at our resource center, uh, and so you can grab one out there. Uh, thank you, guys. Did everybody get an outline? We good? Anybody else? Okay, good. So uh, we should be at the top of your outline now, uh, where we're going to talk about the definition of deacons. So deacons are qualified men and women that serve the local church. Qualified men and women that serve the local church. Now, uh, the definition could be much expanded from there. I'm giving the, the basic, and we're just going to unpack it uh, through these two messages. Uh, open your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 6. That's where we're going to be spending our time this morning, Acts chapter 6. So this definition, deacons are qualified men and women that serve the local church. We're going to break this definition in half and deal with them in two different weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be qualified as a deacon and the reality that God would call both men and women to being deacons, all right? So that's going to be next week. We'll talk about that first part. This week, we're talking about that serve the local church. What does it mean that deacons are about serving the local church? Or perhaps you could say, in what way are deacons serving? the local church. Before we read from Acts chapter 6, uh, just, just the, the, the actual word deacon. The word deacon in English is kind of a, what do you call it? Is it a, should have thought of this, transliteration of the Greek? In other words, they took the Greek word and they just said it in English. So the Greek word is diakonos, diakonos. And so it's just Deaconos, deacon. We just kind of put it into English, okay? Um, so we took that word, we put it into English so that we all understand it's deacon. But when 
But the word deacon, as used in the New Testament and beyond the New Testament, just meant servant. It's just the word for servant. So if you had a household servant, you had a household deacon. Um, If somebody was a servant of someone else, they were a deacon of that person, okay? Now, I, I tell you the kind of background of the language so that you understand when the New Testament authors chose this word, they did so knowing the meaning, right? And so the office of deacon at the heart of the office is the call to serve, to be a servant. All right, so Acts chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at this morning. It's a passage that is uh, what most believe the first time that deacons are called into a local church. Uh, So, you know, we're here in the book of Acts. The church is very, very young at this point and growing like crazy. More or less, it's still in Jerusalem. It's starting to expand a little bit, more or less still in Jerusalem. And we get to Acts chapter 6. Let's read this together. God's Word. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will account, uh, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon and Parmenaeus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak afresh through your powerful word, that you would transform us by it, and that you would build your church through it for your glory. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you've got an outline in front of you, and I intend to go through that outline, and you can jot notes in there if you wish. A couple things that we're going to note from this passage, and the first Deacons serve in response to specific needs. Deacons serve in response to specific needs. So here's what's going on in the passage. The church is just growing like gangbusters. Every time Peter opens his mouth and preaches, 3,000 people get saved, right? Church is growing, and so the opportunities for ministry are growing. And frankly, the opportunities for ministry are growing so fast that the structure to enable those ministries is failing to keep up. And so they're beginning to care for widows in the community. And as they're doing that, that's a good thing that the church is doing. But some of those ladies are being neglected. They're being left out. Nobody's got a handle on making sure that this is all happening. And so there's this particular need. 
it's wonderful that this need came in response to church growth. It's not surprising that it came in response to a problem. Deacons serve in response to specific needs. So what did not happen in this passage is that the elders, the elders of this church were the apostles, right? The elders of the church didn't get together and say, you know what? We really should have some deacons. You know, maybe we'll need them one day. That's not how it went, right? Rather, here's this need. Oh, we've got this, we've got this particular need. Who can we appoint to, to, to meet this need? And so they appointed these to serve and to meet this particular need. This passage, by the way, is, is the most detailed one in your whole Bible about what deacons do. All right? Uh, and, I, and I'll say, it's for all that, not that detailed about what deacons do. This, in fact, is not really prescriptive. The book of Acts is not prescriptive. It's descriptive. It describes what the New Testament church did, and we certainly can learn from what the New Testament church did, but it's not trying to prescribe, oh, therefore deacons can only serve widows. That's, no. We're meant to, we're meant to take from this some principles of what, what is this going to look like. And, and the first one is that deacons serve in response to specific needs. So what's that going to mean? It's going to mean that different churches have different kinds of deacons for different reasons because different churches are going to be finding themselves addressing different needs. So a, a, an inner city church is going to find opportunities for ministry. Huh. Wait for it. An inner city church is going to find opportunities for ministry that aren't going to be true in a suburban or in a rural church. Churches in India, churches in the U.S. are going to find themselves confronted with very different things. And Christ, in his wisdom, um, allows churches to be very responsive to their community, very responsive to the needs within their own body, and appoint deacons to meet those needs. So that's going to mean that some churches don't have deacons because they haven't identified a particular need where that's really required. Other churches are going to have a number of them. How long should deacons serve? Should they have terms? How many terms should they be allowed to serve? Um, how many do we need? All of these, the, the scriptures are silent on all of these questions. And in the silence, it invites churches to use wisdom and appoint deacons as they see fit in that particular context. And so churches are allowed to appoint deacons to meet particular needs. The other thing this, this means is that deacons are not like a permanent thing. Deacons are more seasonal, you might say. They're as seasonal as the need is, right? As long as there's the need, the deacons are serving. If the need shifts, Maybe they shift over here, or maybe someone else serves over here, and that deacon steps back. This is different from elders, because the needs that elders are called to are permanent in the church. Elders are called to, to, to lead the church, to shepherd, to teach, to care for the church. These, these needs might kind of vary a little bit from church to church, but every church has those needs. And, and so the office of elder is, is 
permanent. It, it, always need an elder to be about these things in a church, whereas deacons are addressing specific needs as they come and go within a church. Okay, so number one, deacons serve in response to specific needs. Number two, deacons serve by coordinating ministry, by coordinating ministry. Verse two, the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you, and they go and they pick out the deacons. So there was an expectation here that the deacons would serve tables, that they would be about getting their hands dirty, doing the work of serving. The office of deacon is not one that is above serving. It gets everybody else serving, but they themselves, you know, don't get their hands dirty. No, the office of deacon is to, is to be the example of service within the church. We're all called to serve, friends. This is, we're all called to this. Deacons are called to be examples of this. And so certainly they're serving, but they're also coordinating service. Because what was the problem here? The problem was that some people were getting left out. It's not that ministry wasn't happening. It's that ministry wasn't organized, right? They needed some flat-out coordination. Who's got the list of ladies that need food, and who's making sure that they're all getting fed when needed, right? That's a big part of what they were called. It's very practical, isn't it? Just, like, let's not leave people out. That's not a good thing, you know? And so the deacon can serve to coordinate ministry in the church which means the church is able to minister with more excellence than it could before. You know, all, if, if a big group of people just like, let's go, you know, that, that's great. We, we need that. We all want to, let's go. But some organization to that would be helpful. Who's bringing the mac and cheese? Who's bringing the this, you know? Um, so they serve in such a way that actually enables the saints to serve effectively enables the ministry of the church to be more excellent, enables more people in the church to go, oh, there's a need? I'll go talk to that deacon, and I bet they can plug me right in. Yep, and that's the point, that they are coordinating ministry within the church. Deacons serve in response to specific needs. They serve by coordinating ministry, and they serve by promoting unity. Again, verse 1. Now, in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the first problem is a physical need, right? Some people are hungry. That's, a, that's, just, that's just a legitimate physical need. But what we see is the word complaint. There was a complaint that came. It, what's the difference between a complaint and a conflict? Like the width of a hair? I mean, like not much, right? The unity of the church is being threatened. Why? Because it so happened that those missing out were the racial minority in the community. Those were the widows not being cared for. So the, it was a complaint by the Hellenists, the Hellenists were the Greek-speaking foreigners, against the Hebrews, that is, the Jews. Of course, the church was mostly Jewish in Jerusalem, right? 
but there were uh, converts from other ethnicities, speaking, in this case, Greek, who were being neglected. Friends, uh, this, this had racial overtones to it. This was not a good thing that was happening. The, the unity of the church was on the line. The reputation of the gospel was on the line. The, 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 the fact that Christ was to be the Christ of all peoples was on the line in the way the church was walking this through. And what's interesting to me is that the elders didn't do something to solve the problem. They appointed deacons to solve the problem. The deacons were to work for the unity of the church. By, by doing this ministry well, by coordinating the ministry well, they were protecting and promoting the unity of the local church. One of the authors who writes on this compares them to shock absorbers in your car. You know, you drive down a, a bumpy road and the wheels are going up and down and up and down and up and down, right? But the shock absorbers make it so that inside the car, more or less, it's a smooth ride. Deacons are the shock absorbers for the church, taking these rough ministry situations, the kinds of things that could, that could breed disunity in a local church and working to make sure that the unity of the church is maintained and that the gospel goes forward with a, with a clear conscience. Um, so they promote unity. So number three, deacons serve by promoting unity. Number, that was number three. Number four, deacons serve by protecting preaching. By protecting preaching, look again at verse two, the 12. Now, the 12 are the 12 apostles, right, who were serving as the elders of the, of the church. They summoned the full number of the disciples. That is, they gathered the congregation together. So verse two, the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, appoint these people, verse 4, and we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Christ builds his church by his word. He builds the church through his word. That's what Jesus does. That's how Jesus does it. He builds his church through this book and through proclaiming the truths that are in this book. This is the work of church building, and elders are uniquely called to minister this word to the people of God, to preach this word to the people of God. Last week, we talked about elders, and, and one of the things we talked about in there was the primacy of preaching, the importance of preaching, that the way that elders primarily care for the church is through preaching the word of God. The primary way that they protect the church is through preaching the word of God. The primary means of leadership, of exhortation, of equipping, of building the church is through preaching the word of God. And so, they saw that primacy and said, we can't stop. We must not stop. He left us here to do this. We've got to be about proclaiming the word of God. 
but this need matters too. What are we going to do? This, these, are, these are people on the line. These are widows, sheep of the good shepherd. This need matters, but we can't be distracted because what we're doing matters as well. And so let us appoint deacons that can be about doing this with excellence so that we can be about doing what God's called us to do. So when Sean taught on this to our care group leaders, he called this team ministry. I love that, team ministry. You've got elders and deacons serving together on a team. They're serving differently. The deacons are are serving the church in these ways that we're talking about. The, The pastors are serving the church with the word of God. Both are serving the church. And both are doing so in such a way as to exalt the word of God. The deacon, by, if, if you will, walking out, what does the gospel look like in this congregation? Looks like caring for the widows. Looks like caring for the widows of every race. What the gospel looks like, let's be about that. And enabling the elders to, to preach the gospel proper and to talk about what the gospel is. So they both serve. So deacons serve by protecting preaching. Number five, deacons serve by executing the elder's vision. Executing the elder's vision. So what I mean to say here is that the deacons did not get together and decide, okay, what's, they weren't self-appointed and they didn't decide what the task was. This is what the elders identified. Wow, we've got this particular need. This is important. This is a church-wide priority. Here's the vision. Who can do this in the church? And so then the, the deacons, they run hard, and they're, they're connecting people to that vision. Hey, we got we to gotta get how many? 50 widows? I, I don't know. How many were, were they dealing? 100 that they, had to, that they had to care for? They weren't doing this on their own. They were coordinating ministry. That's a kind of leadership, by the way, as they're doing that. They're coordinating this ministry. They're connecting people into the vision. They're helping this all move forward. But it's a leadership under the governance of the elders. So it's not competing leadership, competing visions. This is disunity and not what God would call us to as as his people, but rather serving together that the word of God would be exalted and that the ministry of God would go forward. It's a very practical passage, isn't it? You know? Hey, so there was a need, and they thought, we should meet that need. So we should appoint some people to meet that need. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, does it feel real spiritual to you? You know? Like, here's a need. All right, well, let's get some people. All right, we got those people. We're going to appoint them to this need. It can feel kind of pragmatic. It can feel like the plans of men. On some level, it was. It was this is how the church does things. Elders got together, they prayed, here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. Okay. Plans of men, but their hope was in God. Verse 6. Once they had selected those, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid their hands on them. Um, it's in church, people do things. People make decisions. People make plans but it is God that brings the increase. 
It's that it's God that causes the ministry to go forward. And so while the plans are made by these people, they entrust them to their God and all their reliance is on their God, not on their plans. All right, so deacons serve by executing the elder's vision. And finally, number six, deacons serve to reveal the beauty of Christ. Deacons serve to reveal the beauty of Christ. Deacons are, well, in some ways, they're like many Jesuses in the church. Do you know that's what the word Christian means? Just many Christ, right? Christ said of himself, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He is the servant of the church. How is it that our Lord calls himself such a thing? He's the Lord of the church and head of the church and the servant par excellence of the church. Isaiah 53 calls him the suffering servant. The word servant is deacon. He is the deacon of the church. And then he calls others to be little deacons. Now you go and show the world what serving looks like. Show them something of what I did in my serving. A deacon does not serve to draw attention to themselves as though they were some you know, beautiful gem or something. Oh, come look at our deacons. How great are our deacons? Deacons come and serve like a little piece of a mirror. That when you look at it, you see Christ. The, the, the servant disappears and the great servant is revealed. That's what deacons are called to do. That in their serving, people catch little glimpses of Christ that they hadn't seen before. As There's something happened, friends. I, I can stand up here and and preach to you about serving. But your heart is moved differently when someone serves you. And you see the sacrifice. Wow. Wow, that, that's, that impacts me on a different level, in a different way. Something of Christ is revealed as we serve each other as a church, as deacons model and exemplify serving in the church. Weeks ago, we got to talk through John chapter 13, which was Jesus washing his disciples' feet. He came into that room as their Lord and Master, yet he took off his outer garments, the garments of a teacher, maybe prophet, wrapped himself in a towel, took the lowest place in the room, picked up dirty feet, got his hands dirty scrubbing their feet, cleansing them at cost to himself. And he did this as a parable about what he was going to do the next day when he was stripped even further of all dignity and honor. And he willingly went to the cross where he got dirty with our sin and took our sin upon himself. He is the deacon of the church. 
and holy is his name. All glory goes to him. Friends, we are blessed to have some in our church who are like polished mirrors helping us see Jesus, who exemplify serving and give glimpses to him. It makes the gospel attractive. What's the effect in Acts of what they did? Did it work? What's, what's the rest of the story? What's the ending of the story? Verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Sounds like it worked. Sounds like the ministry went forward with power. I think we could imagine that the deacons, as they went forth serving and modeling service and modeling a kind of, I mean, revolutionary, Jew to Gentile, racial equality kind of service, that it gathered attention from the community. And not only did their serving directly exemplify the gospel, but they kept the preachers preaching. They enabled the elders to be doing the work of the ministry of the word. And what does it say? The word of God continued to increase. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And and even a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. God himself was on the move through an ordinary group of people. Praise God. That's amazing. I want some of that. I want to see that. And part of that's just divine sovereignty. But I'll tell you what, part of it is let's, let's be about structuring the local church for like effectiveness, for some efficiency, for some excellence in ministry. So that as we serve, that there's something about the serving that happens that gathers attention. There's something about the word going forward that calls people to Jesus and helps people see Jesus, that the, that the word of God would increase in Spotsylvania as well. That the Lord would bring people to know him. So hopefully this gives in broad outline a kind of what to expect in Mercy Hill as we walk forward with deacons. These, these are the these are ideas that inform what we're going to be, uh, what we're going to be doing. We're going to appoint some deacons for specific needs. Um, we're going to appoint them to coordinate ministry. We're going to appoint them to promote the unity of the church, so that a deacon is one that, if they hear gossip, that's just the end of the line. It doesn't go forward from there. If they hear slander, they just absorb it doesn't go through them and rock the church, that they're promoting unity, that they're protecting preaching, that they're working with the eldership, that there's a team ministry. Sean and I need team ministry in this church and deacons that serve to reveal the beauty of Christ. Glory to God. Friends, I just I want to invite you to be praying for these folks, even now, even though we I'm not trying to make this like some grand unveiling. I just want to teach on it first. But when we, I want you to be praying for these folks. 
It's a, it's a, it's a big thing. This is in the Bible, they're going to step into this. And uh, to a person, they step into it with faith and trembling. Just faith and trembling. God, make me worthy. Help me do this. Pray for them. And then, and then serve with them. Serve with them. They're not to become the like, you know, only servants in the church, right? It's, it's to get all of us together to be serving together for the sake of what God's called us to do. So serve with them and promote unity with them. Fight for the unity of the local church with them. Protect preaching with them. Support them so that the church can be about doing what Christ has called us to be about doing. Proclaiming his name, calling others to know him. So uh, we're going to end this morning. You know, each of these church structure weeks, we we want to talk about the structure of the church, but it's just right every time that we look back to the head of the church. Because he alone is our hope, you know. We're not going to get everything right around here. We're going to try. We're going to search the scriptures. Do We're not going to get everything right. And our hope isn't in doing everything right. Our hope is in Christ, that he's going to be at work in and through uh, this local church. And so I want us to focus here at the end on the deacon of the church. And we're going to do that through a time of communion and just remembering our reliance on Christ together.